0: There are people throughout the world that have interesting stories to tell. Stories of heroism, acts of kindness, near-death experiences, successes, and failures. You usually hear these stories from people that live in another state or country. But what about the stories from within your own community? Everyone has a story to tell. And by everyone, we mean your neighbor, your co-worker person behind you at church, people you interact with on a daily basis, or maybe even you.
1: Welcome to the DTV Podcast presented by the Bless Your Heart Nonprofit Corporation. I'm Brennan Mathern and I'll be your host as we speak to some of the most interesting people in Bayou Lafourche. You know, modern day podcasts started in 2004, but prior to broadband internet and devices like iPods and iPhones... Podcasts were actually previously known as audio blogs and their roots date back to the 1980s. And of course, radio precedes all of that with podcasts being the evolution, an on-demand radio of sorts. But in 2022, we still see a market for traditional AM and FM radio, even with on-demand programming. Same can be said for streaming services and cable as well as digital news and traditional newspapers. And that brings us to this episode. The LaFouche Gazette has been covering local news for over 50 years. In an industry that seems dominated by a number of clicks, tabloid news, and yes, even fake news, they have managed to remain steadfast in their endeavor to cover our local area. Whether it's political events, school sports, or local fairs and festivals, their staff members are there to capture those moments and share with the community that still seems to have the longing for reaching for a newspaper with their morning coffee. In this episode, we'll cover the history of the Lafouche Gazette, their current status, especially post-Hurricane Ida, and how a newspaper manages to survive in a digital landscape. And we'll look forward to the future of the publication as well. Joining us today is the owner and publisher, Addie Melison, and editor, Casey Gisclair Addie, and Casey, welcome.
0: Thank you for having us.
2: Absolutely. Happy to be here.
1: We're happy to have you. So we're going to start like we do every episode. Uh, tell us who's your mom and dad, where'd you grow up, uh, tell us a little bit about your family. So, um, I actually grew
0: up in La Rose. I've never moved out of La Rose. So, um, my parents are Barbara and Panky Christian. My dad is actually from Livio. My mom's from La Rose, or you would say Delta Farm. So, yes.
2: Yeah, I'm the son of Stephen Cathy. Uh, we lived in East 115th Street in Galliano, which is exactly across from Galliano Elementary School. I know that because we used to joke that we'd throw a football to school one day. That obviously never happened. Um. And then moved to Cut Off later in life. Um, yeah, just uh, been living here my whole life. So before we get into the
1: history, let's talk about uh, the current status of the newspaper. Uh, tell us about your current staff. Tell us about uh, where you're currently located, because, you know, we know that you guys have been in a building in La Rose forever, uh, but you have a different home right now.
0: Yes, so after the storm we lost our building and we moved to um, Raceland on Highway 90 about five minutes once you get onto 90 going towards New Orleans. I actually really like it there. Um, I know some of my other employees really like it there because we're like centrally located and lately we've become much more popular in Thibodeau and I'm in Thibodeau a lot more. So for me it's it's great. I really like being in Raceland. Um, But yes, so we have Um, My daughter just recently joined the staff. I have a couple of people in the office, but it's all local people. And whenever you come upon the Gazette, our employees have been there for so long. Our editor left after the storm. She had been there for 49 years. Um, My manager in the office, she has been there since she graduated high school. So they just seem to stay. It's like we're a little family there.
1: The um, and speaking of family, that's how we can track it. Uh, the the Lefourche Gazette got its start in 1965. So Addie, um, this has always been a family business, if you will, and and you're just the latest one to inherit it. But can let's go back to the original uh, paper and and the original owners and and talk about how the paper got started.
0: Um, so my um, daughter's grandfather started in 65. And it started out in Golden Meadow, and then they moved their office to La Rose, and it just started by just real small. it started. I think their first year was around 7,000 papers were published. It was published twice a week, and it just grew over the years. And I believe it was 2005, Boo and I bought it from his dad, and then um, I inherited it in 2015. And so we've managed to keep it going. I would say about 2018, I kind of was at a point where, you know, with social media and all of that, I didn't know how it was gonna work out. And then I had somebody that kept knocking at the door that wanted to join <laughs> the staff. And so I'm like, okay, well, well, we'll have Casey come in and we created a new website. And that really like brought us more popularity. Um, actually, the storm really helped us. I think what happened was we stopped printing, and then you know how it is like when something's taken away from you, you're like, hey, wait, I really missed that. And so once we started publishing, our, like, our papers don't stay on the stands now. So for something that I thought was going to go away, it actually, in a way, just you know, became more desirable.
1: And, and it started uh, as, uh, reading online, it started as the, uh, called the Greater LaFouche Gazette, uh, and uh, like you mentioned, around 7,000 copies, obviously in black and white when it first started and eventually uh, got into color, but um, Earl uh, Lejean Sr. was the original uh, owner, and um, uh, again, that that uh, for a long time, many, many years, uh, held up the LaFouche Gazette, and Y'all have had a lot of, uh, you know, when I look through all of my, uh, you know, belongings from when I was a child, I mean, we see press clippings, uh, you know, so all the way back then, even then, as you are now, you guys were covering local events, you were publishing You know, things that other papers, it it just seems ridiculous now. Like, why would you publish lists of high school students and pictures of uh, little league teams and things like that? But those are things that people can treasure forever.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. You know, at the office, we were lucky because they survived the storm. But we have every year since the paper was published, bound it in a book. So on Mondays, it's my job to go through it, choose a book, choose a date and do back in the day. And I just get caught up like I can't tell (laughs) Casey and I will be sitting down and we're talking about whatever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at this. Look at this. And before you know it, it's an hour taking me just to take pictures of one date. But there's just so much to look back at. I mean, when you have that many years from 65, we have every book. So um,
1: and and Casey, you uh, I mean, we we obviously know uh, anyone who's who's followed you and listened to you. We know your history. Uh, working for the LSU newspaper, uh, then coming back and working for local media, not just one or two. Uh, we, everybody knows you from the radio as well. But what was your draw and, and was it some of these things that we're talking about that drew you to a, a passion to want to get into uh,
2: get get in business with the LaFouche Gazette? I, I wanted to come home. I, I felt there was so much potential in this area that was being untapped and. Um, and you know, you talked a minute ago about you know the different things that we do in you're know, listing the high school students and i had a college professor once that said you're guaranteed to be in the newspaper twice if you get arrested and when you die and i always thought that that doesn't make any sense like there's so much good going on like why shouldn't that be recognized so we try so hard if somebody does something really well um, we want to let the community know about that if someone earns a scholarship or you know hits a game winning home run we want the community to know about that and I had such a rich passion for, you know, living here because this is the community that I know. You know, the people here, are my friends, you know, in many cases, my relatives, you know, this is just an area that I had such rich passion for. I wanted to come home. it You know, spent my, my early career as a, journal, as a journalist in Houma. Um, and we did some stuff down here, but it, it wasn't scratching the itch all the way. I, it just was a, I wanted to come home.
0: Oftentimes people ask me, you know, or comment how good of a job Casey does. And I tell him his heart's here, his heart's yeah. in Lafouche. And that's what, you know, as good as he is as a rider and his heart's here and his passion shows in his riding.
1: I definitely want to get back to that and, and what Casey brought to the table. But uh, before we get too far removed from the history, Uh, I want to go back, as we talked about Earl Sr. um, and uh, publishing for about 40 years uh, before you and Boo took it over. Tell us a little bit about Boo. Um, And I I know people, when you think about Boo a lot of people associate him and the Gazette uh, for for great reason, hand in hand. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about Boo. So, um,
0: I mean, even just 15 years ago it was just so different so like every Thursday he had his route every Thursday he would start in Golden Meadow at eight he'd have his little Thinno pad and he had the messiest handwriting he was so unprofessional but everybody loved him and he'd always get an ad every out of everyone so um yes and I would say maybe about 10 11 years ago with social media coming out I'm like boo you know like what I don't know like what the future has you know for the paper and he's like what's wrong with you? You don't believe in me? Like, we could do this, you know? I'm like, but do you really understand what Facebook is? But um, yes, he was just, I mean, I could just say so much, but he, um, everyone loved him, and he didn't know a stranger, and it didn't matter who you were, and didn't matter how much money you had or anything. I used to say, we would go to the fair, and the person that was bidding the most on the item for the auction. He knew him and he took the time to talk with him. And the one, at, you know, walking around the rides with no shoes on, that was his buddy, too. <laughs> I mean, that's just who he was, and he was such a big part of it. So when it was left to me, you know, I had a decision to make whether to keep it or keep going, but I just feel like it's something he left me, and it's something he left our girls. And I want LaFouche Parish to have this. I don't want this to go away. Lafouche Parish is a very traditional parish, and I think we have um, a long time that we're going to be able to keep this print paper going.
1: You mentioned your girls now being involved with the paper and, and obviously you taking it over. Um, and I guess that's that's where I wanted to touch on next. Was was this a natural progression for you? Was this uh, something that was in your wheelhouse, or this was something that you really had <laughs> to, to learn about it? And what about your, your, your girls as no. well? No, so,
0: I mean... Boo passed away on a Friday, and 10 days later, I was working full-time. I knew absolutely nothing about the business. We had an amazing staff who just helped me along. I mean, they, they just got me to where I am today. It took some time. Going to do sales was so out my element. That was just the hardest thing for me. Um, still to this day, I'm, I'm not the best of it. I'll joke. I'm like, the weakest link in the paper is our salesperson, and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's really taken some time for me to learn it but now um my heart's just in it and I just want to I just want Lafouche Parish to continue to have the paper my youngest daughter Angèle will be graduating in December in management and so she has decided to come aboard and she has some really big plans and add some more avenues and offer more services. So I'm excited about that. She recently took over our Instagram and Casey and I is both like, "Okay, wait, we didn't even know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, so she's interning with us this summer and um, she's just bringing new, fresh ideas because at the end of the day, we have a name, we have a reputation and there's things and more services we can offer to help people promote their business.
1: Um, Looking ahead. Uh, You you know, you mentioned that you guys, uh, back when when you and Boo were there, y'all started a website. The website has had a refreshing since uh, Casey came on board. And Casey, you came in right in 2020, right before (laughs) everything hit the fan. And I think if you go back and look at our, you know, my local, you know, our local Facebook feed and everybody else, all of a sudden, Casey Gisglare's name started popping up a little bit more, and LaFouche Gazette articles start popping up a little bit more. And it was, you know, you mentioned Addy, you mentioned uh, the hurricane doing well for the the print side, uh, but man, on the digital side, I think you can point to COVID as as a time where people sh- started shifting and really started looking
2: at y'all website. No doubt, there's no doubt about that. And you know, it's so crazy is the way it happened is, probably july-ish of 2019 i was trying to figure out okay what's next you know do i want to make this move started meeting with addy and started planning this thing out and i'll be honest before making that final decision i prayed about it and i said you know, do i really want to do this you know i'd been at a place almost 10 years like do i really want to make this move and i was just told like okay like you're needed there like you you have to do you're needed there and then about two months into it, it all started to make sense as to where I was needed because, you know, then the world starts shutting down. And um, the, the coronavirus thing was so unique because, Brennan, you know this, you, know, you and I have, have, have worked in, through a lot of different things. And, you know, there have been bird flus and different things that we've been told to worry about that we never really needed to worry about. But this one from the beginning felt different. And I remember one night I was making a spreadsheet and I was, I'm a numbers guy. I was just tracking numbers of how many cases around the world. And I'm looking at my computer clock and it's like, it's like 3 a.m. And I'm like, man, if I'm disinterested in this, then the people in the community are probably really interested in this too. So we just started sharing the stories and, and updating everything daily. And um, at the beginning, one of the big things was clearing up misinformation. And I think that we did a really good job of when there was misinformation out there getting it out there and um, and letting people know and then sharing those numbers and letting people know, you know, what was happening. Um, because, you know, as you said earlier, there, there there's fake news and there's real news. And I think one of the things that we did well was at a time when there was so much uncertainty. I think we told people like it was for better, or for worse. We told people like it was.
1: So I, I and I can direct this question to both of you guys. So In 2022, when the media seems to be at the forefront of nearly every discussion, especially political discussions, um, how has that affected your personal life? Uh, How has that affected you? Uh, And and how are you able to be a neutral voice, uh, seemingly presenting all the sides and letting people, you know, uh, try to understand the facts? How do you remain neutral in a world that seems so polarized? You know
0: we We strive at staying neutral, and you know we we're here to support our community and we're not here to get the clicks so there's a lot of stories that come our way that can really be taken off, but there's just too much negativity to follow it and being a privately owned publication we we we're not pressured by someone else to publish
1: certain things so um but Addie negativity sells i, I mean know, that's that's but, what we all know. like like is it that true i mean so so how right. how do you? How is it, and, and you know, now that you say that, that's that's so interesting because maybe that's one of the reasons people love the Gazette so much is because it's not filled with all the negativity all the time. Even when y'all have to, even when y'all do have, you know, a mugshot on the front page, it's it's not the center story 90% no. of the Mm-mm. time. No.
2: I, I think that's exactly right, Brennan. I think that people understand that, you know, while they could go other places and get the juice, so to speak, you know, we're not that type of organization. We want to highlight the positive juice that's going on. You know, the the, the things that are happening in the community that are worth celebrating. Um, there there are stories to be celebrated here every day. Uh, there, there's people doing wonderful things here every single day, and and we try to to shine light on them. And look, I it's funny you say that. I was speaking at uh, with some students at Lockport Lower for their Career Day a couple weeks ago, and and a kid raised their hand, said, you know, is it hard to write, you know, bad things about people? And it was a little second grade. I thought it was a very mature question. I said, yeah, it is hard. And sometimes we do have to do those things, but we're not going to go out of our way to do those things, if that makes sense. You know, it's part of the job, but we're not going to, you know, go out of our way to do that. Let's let's take a step back
1: from news and talk about circulation for a minute. Um, obviously, this paper started as the Greater Lafouche Gazette, and it was meant for the South Lafouche area. How has that uh, changed? I believe it was from Valentine all the way to Golden Meadow. So how has the circulation changed over the years as well as your focus on on what you cover?
0: So once I stepped in, I started once I really started paying attention and paying attention more to what was going on in Thibodeau. I just I just feel like from the start, I knew that we can I mean, we're the Lafouche Gazette. And like when you think about 30 years ago, I feel like the parish has been so divided. But lately, I feel like the last 10 years, I feel like the parish has really come together. So I wanted to report more on the whole parish, but the way it worked was we delivered to every home south of Highway 90. So I would say maybe about four years ago or five years ago, I started doing drop-offs north of Highway 90 in the Thibodeau area. And we just kept uh, getting more requests for the paper. Um, We kept our circulation the same, uh, we were delivering not quite 16,000 papers a week. I would say maybe about, I don't know, were you here, Casey, whenever we stopped doing Sunday paper? Or we had that just- was,
2: That was before me. That was yeah. before
0: you. So we used to publish twice a week. So I would say maybe about four years ago, we let go out Sunday paper. Um, but yeah, then after the storm, we um, I just didn't think it was, I mean, we just couldn't deliver it to every home with all the destruction. So we cut back to nine thousand um, papers a week, and I think it's worked much better. Because I mean, I know you would drive down a street and have the people wasn't picking up their paper. Now, if you want the paper, you're going to have to go grab you one. And we're getting asked to print more, but I just kind of th- think I like the idea. We run out. You the papers put out on Tuesday. If you want it, go run and grab you one. And you know, says so right now, I think I'll stay at nine thousand, and we may move up. We'll see where we add in a year and maybe print a few more, but I never thought I would come to the point that I'd be like, "Hey, wait, I have to get more printed." And that's kind of what the storm has uh, has caused to do. so
1: so and let's talk about the storm itself uh, and and if y'all have any interesting stories, um, but uh, obviously in the in the immediate aftermath of the storm, there was no cell coverage, uh, there was. You had, if you were evacuated, you had a way to follow what was going on through social media. I mean, obviously, but for the people that were here, it was very difficult to get any information. Um, I know at the parish, you know, working to get flyers put out to people, which seems so crazy in twenty twenty one, but that's that's what they were doing and. Because we had to rely on those old school ways of, of, of getting the information out. So tell us about y'all experience with Hurricane Ida. Uh, aside, you know, we know the building, and, and y'all can kind of talk about that story as well, but about the paper and about the coverage.
0: So I stayed for the storm. I actually stayed on a houseboat right in front of our house in La Rose. Um, but Casey had evacuated, so he was able to report and have internet, and I'll let him tell you about that.
2: Yeah, it was it was a unique experience because um you know after landfall you know i am uh, like i said earlier i'm a big numbers guy i'm looking at views on the website right after landfall everything plummeted and i'm thinking to myself like am i doing a poor job like what's going on then reality sinks in they don't have electricity they don't have phone service they have no way to read us and that was what was so unique is that i feel like in the beginning i was sharing information to other people who were in Texas or people that were in Lake Charles or in Baton Rouge, people who were evacuated and not yet gone back in. And it took a while. It took a while. But um, one of the things that I have to say, and, and, and Brendan, you, you're part of this, man, uh, we had a great team. Like the sheriff's office helped us out tremendously. Parish government helped us out tremendously. Um, and because of all those connections, the information got out. It was difficult to do. It was not an easy process, but we got it out. We made it work.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Hurricane Ida was
2: a a tough
1: situation, uh, especially for any kind of media outlets uh, to try to communicate with people. And and any of us who who were in that business, uh, you know, we had to rely on some old school ways of doing things and kind of thinking outside the box. But that's also the time when people rely on information the most. Uh, And and it's it's like I like I tell my colleagues, it's sort of the show. Right. I mean, that's you you train, you prepare uh, for for that moment where you have to be on your game and, and people are relying on you uh, to make life and death decisions potentially. Uh, now I have to ask Addy, you stayed on a house. I, I stayed behind two in, in Galliano at the port commission office, but, uh, that was a solid structure even though the roof didn't survive. The wifi did. Uh, but I have to ask, what was it like on a houseboat experiencing this even up in La Rose? Uh, that was, it's not that far removed from Galliano. So,
0: um, when we first bought the houseboat, I told my husband, I'm like, it is so ugly. Like, this houseboat from the outside is so ugly. He's like, Addie, you don't understand. This is all on. Like, we can stay on this for a storm. We won't hear anything. And I was like, okay, and now I get it. So we were tied around. We had tugboats and barges all around us. Um, When I talked to our neighbors, what they experienced, we hardly, hardly heard anything Uh, My mom was cooking and the propane went out and she's like, Lynn, I think we out of propane. And Lynn goes check and he's like, Addy, don't tell her, but the tank's gone. He's like, the ice maker's gone. My boat lift's gone. (laughs) But we can hardly hear anything. And we had taken my grandmother out of the nursing home and we kept her her with us. Um, And even after the storm, no one had water, but we had water on our houseboat. It wasn't bad at all. I would do it again. I would stay wow. again. Like we hardly heard anything and I think it's because it was just so solid and now we did when we woke up the next day we didn't know we ended up on the other side of the bayou and we didn't even know that. But yeah, I would do it again and then you just hear everybody's story and have like Casey who's doesn't really like so the weather. Terrified <laughs> of bad
2: weather. No. I will not I'll never be staying for any storms.
0: You know. So, it wasn't bad at all, but I think it's just the houseboats all on and it's low and
1: yeah, so I would I would never imagine wanting to stay on a houseboat for a storm, but the way that you paint that picture I might not be if, if it came to that I, I but might if,
0: yeah and if you kind of think you know how the safe you stay on a tugboat or a supply boat it was it's kind of like that yeah
1: yeah. Uh, so let's talk about social media and um, by the time Casey got to you guys in in 2000, obviously, Everyone's on social media, as you point out. I mean, government agencies, everybody's on social media now. And frankly, people, much to my chagrin, people actually get their news solely from social media now. Some people, uh, some unfortunate souls. And <laughs> but, but that has to change the way that you market the paper, that you market new individual news stories. Uh, you now have to get on board with this, uh, with your website, and now promoting individual stories uh through the gazette through individually through through facebook through twitter everything how how has i guess social media revolutionized what what y'all are doing you mentioned instagram earlier you know uh how does a newspaper uh, promote itself through instagram where it's mostly pictures
0: I mean, there's still a story. There's a story behind every picture. So it, it's just a link. You literally just copying and pasting a link from your Facebook to your Instagram to your Twitter. And it's the same thing that's in print. So
2: I man, I could tell you this. Um, Facebook has been huge for for the paper and it's been huge for me personally. I mean, after COVID, the number of friend requests that I was getting per day from people that I didn't even know, uh, you know, adding me. And it just because they wanted to see the updates every day. And then the same thing after Ida. And I, I tell people all of the time is every once in a while someone will, you know, make a a comment on on a story or something and, and someone will text me, like, hey, did you see that? I was like, Yeah, I don't even know who that is. But they're my Facebook friend because of, you know, half of my friends on there are are complete strangers that just added me because they wanted to get the news. It's been it's been game changing. That, you know, people see me in the store, I have no clue who they are. Hey, good job on that story. And like Okay, but they're following us on social media.
0: When I first got my Facebook account years ago, um, I was explaining to Boo what it was. And he's like, listen to me. You do not decline nobody. Whoever asks to be your friend, you make sure you accept them. Because he said, you may not know them personally, but, you know, they may know who you are. They may know who I am. And so... I remember just having a ton of friends on Facebook, like, I don't know how to are, but I'm going to be nice and accept them. So.
1: <laughs> and you just highlighted one of the perils of being a small business owner That's on right. Facebook. <laughs> can't, can't deny friends with anyone. Uh, but I will say, I, I think one of the unique things that, that you guys do that I wanted to bring up w- regarding, um, you know, Facebook – one of the things we always talk about in our industry is it's social media. It's supposed to be interactive. It's not supposed to be a place, for example, as a newspaper where you would post a news story and people would comment and you wouldn't respond to them. Uh, so in a lot of ways, Casey, that's true for you, too, uh, even whether you're posting to the, the Gazette page or, or to your uh, personal profile. I mean, people are asking questions and you're responding. That's, that's kind of the idea of social media. But one of the things that I love that I know I know based on the responses that people love is when you say, hey, it's first day of school. Send me your first day of school pictures. Hey, send me your prom pictures. And it ends up on a photo gallery on the Gazette website. Um, You know, maybe it's not the same as seeing it, you know, that your picture in the paper uh, but, for this generation, it has a lot of the same effect and I know people love looking at at those photos and to be able to see a, just a ton of photos at once. but to see your picture among among them uh, is still got to be exciting for for this generation
2: we've had so many people tell us that you know it made their day scrolling through the gallery and seeing not only their picture but their friends' pictures and I, you know, people say they do that at their lunch break or, you know, when they're they're chilling at night and hanging out. They go through those pictures and it gives them some joy, especially in the last two years, Brennan, when it's been hard to find joy in the world. You know, people are dying of coronavirus and, you know, the, you're rebuilding after the storm. So to have three, four minutes where you could just lose yourself looking at friendly pictures of dogs and, you know, people at school and whatever it may be, we like doing that for people. It, it, it's small. But sometimes a small gesture could go a really long way. And as they say, a picture is you know, truly is a thousand words. Every one of those pictures tells a story.
0: Our photo galleries are so popular. Yeah. And so I would say maybe it's been about a, four or five issues now. So what we're doing is we're pulling from photo galleries and we're putting them in print. You know, so just because it's, they still want to see their picture in print. You know, we did a, I think we did a siblings day. We did a whole yeah. full page just with sibling yeah. pictures. And if you were like, wait, it's in the print paper? I'm like, yeah, you got to go grab your print paper.
1: <laughs> it's just, I guess it's refreshing. Uh, even even though you guys are a local newspaper, locally owned, uh, it's it's still, it's refreshing to see a positive spin on the news. And, and like you said, Casey, um, you know, things that it, it's getting, it seems like it's getting fewer and fewer in the world. The things that can bring a smile to our face. We're, we're dealing with so much, uh, especially in our area. But to have the local, our local newspaper uh, be the one kind of sponsoring that positivity and and focusing on that positivity is is just a real uh, godsend for us in this community, I think.
2: Well, thank you for that, and I I agree. I I think so. I think that people, um, you know, if anyone needs to to see the power of that, just look at how much response we get when we ask on social media for the pictures. We'll get hundreds of them, you know, two, three hundred. Then when we throw them, you know, to the scanner groups and everything like that, we get hundreds more there. So, you know, it it just goes to show that people want to be part of that and they want to see their themselves attached that, you know, that positivity that we're putting out there. And
1: it's easy to get wrapped up in the negativity. Um, you know, when I I talk to people about social media and about policing yourself on social media yeah. all the time, and that's one of the things I talk about. Don't ever go negative. Like that's what everybody's doing. You you need to, if you want to stand out, be positive because that's that's what we're lacking. Uh, and a positive post stands out so much more. People would never admit to it, but they tend to be fall victim to the clickbait and and they want to see those negative headlines. Uh, but when you ask them what they would want to see, it's always the positive stuff.
2: I tell people anytime I'm asked to speak somewhere that one of the biggest misnomers out there is when the person stands up and says, man, y'all do way too much, you know, negative stuff. You know, why are you always writing about this? Why don't you write about that? The reason why and this isn't just us, this is media as a whole. The reason why is because statistics show that the thing that gets clicked on is that negative story. That's the reason why, you know, that is the way that it is. So you're right. It's easy for someone to say, you know, man, why don't y'all do this, this, and this? But you got to understand the business of it is, you know, there has to be, Uh, a strategy behind it, and it's because sometimes those more negative stories or the juice, as we called it earlier, those are the things that sometimes get more clicks and attention, unfortunately. It's
1: the same thing in politics. Uh, No one wants to admit it, and no one says they like the negative campaigning, but the statistics show that, unfortunately, that that's what works. Um, Let's talk about the future plans. You mentioned your daughter about to graduate uh, in management. Uh, What does the future hold, I guess, the near future and the long-term future for the Gazette?
0: So um, we're going to keep that print paper going as long as we can. We're really still doing strong with that, which is great. You know, we depend 100% on advertising. We're a free paper. We're a free website. Um, I don't see it going away anytime soon. But we're just trying to um, come together and come up with some ideas to add more services, like whether it's managing a business's social media or just helping with event planning, things like that. So, um, the website does great um just that in itself we average about a million views i'm always amazed with that i'm like how yeah. can how can we get a million views on every monday when we do back in the day just that averages 30,000 views wow. i'm like 30,000 views so um i mean i'm just going to keep that print paper going as long as i can
1: and and, and so that that's important for our listeners to understand is if, w- if we want to have the La Fouche Gazette continue in its current form, advertising is the key. Yes. Um, you know, prior to digital newspapers, and it, that that's what drove mm-hmm. the newspaper. Um, and you guys are keeping it old school, which, which I love, and I think everybody else loves. I think we all understand the idea of uh, you know the 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 click for pay and and the paywalls that that are out there with other with other newspapers and especially the daily newspapers and what they have to do. Uh, but I feel like, you know, keeping that Gazette pure and and without that, it it has been awesome. And and it's obviously been successful for you guys. So if our listeners, uh, especially the business community is listening, that's how we keep it that way with the, with the advertisement dollars.
0: And, uh, Booin's just instilled in me about shopping local and it's the same thing. You want to have your advertising done shop local with us. It's, it's works both ways.
2: And look, we've had so many, and, and Addie could, could talk about this some too, is we've had so many businesses say that their ad has helped them, um, you know, and, and, and you, we talked about the distribution. Our papers are moving. You know, your ad's going to get seen and it's going to help your business. and It's going to also help our business so that in the future, if you're a business owner and, you know, you want to get a story out there of your anniversary or whatever, and the Gazette's not there to report on it, you know. You got to advertise with us to make sure that that future sustainability is going to be there, and all the things that you guys you know like about what we do it, that that's based on our our sales revenue.
0: I don't think people realize how affordable it is to sure. advertise, boat print and digital.
2: Well, uh, I did want to
1: also comment, Casey. I like I said in the beginning, I know a lot of people uh, recognize your voice from the airwaves, uh, ESPN New Orleans, uh, KLEB uh, for a lot of high school games especially South Lafouche High School, um, how is it working uh, in sort of multimedia? You've got radio, you've got uh, <laughs> the Gazette. How, how often are you pulling double duty or is it constantly? Uh, how do you pull it off? Um, because I've been behind that microphone and that's, that's work enough.
2: <laughs> you know, one of the things that we always joke about is we record the radio broadcast of the Tarpon Games and people always tell me, man, what's that noise in the background? That's my camera clicking was I'm taking pictures <laughs> for the newspaper while calling the game. And then I had a, you know, my, my broadcast partner, Taylor Griffin for the Tarpon basketball games. says, man, how do you like do that? It's like, well, I'm watching the game through the lens of the viewfinder, man. So it's hard, it's difficult. And there are some stressful times, but then I sit back and I realize, you know, if I weren't in this field, I would be wanting to be behind the microphone. Like, I would miss it so much if I didn't do it. So yeah, I, I, I'm one of those people, I like to be where it's happening. And I, you know, Addie could tell you, at, at 1, 2 a.m. I'm still up and editing pictures. I'm a night owl like that. Um, so yeah, that's just the life that I like to live. You know, it's a passion. It's a, it's, a, it's a labor that I truly love. And one of the things that I think allows for that energy and that passion is that I truly do love what I do so much.
0: And what always impresses me is he'll be calling a game and taking pictures and he still has time to answer my text.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> And I'll text him. I'm like, you can wait till the game's over. But if I don't text you now, I'll forget. And he still answers <laughs> me during all of that. So,
1: so guys, that's that's pretty much uh, all I had. Is there anything else that y'all wanted to talk about? Uh, any other stories y'all wanted to, to bring up or?
2: um, I, I would like to thank the people of Lafouche for, you know, investing in us and giving us the opportunity to be their local newspaper, because, you know, whenever whenever Addy and I were first having discussions in twenty nineteen, She showed me the web numbers, and I'm not going to go into specifics, but they're not even close to what they are now. So we know for sure our audience has grown, and people gave us a chance, and I think we've taken advantage of that. So I just want to thank them for being open-minded enough to allow us to be their new source during COVID and during Ida, and and hopefully beyond. You know, we hope that the large audience that we've built is going to be sustainable and that we're going to keep doing a great job for everybody.
0: I'm just thankful for the community that um – just took their time after when I first started to meet with me. I mean, I had some really big shoes to fill, which, you know, I think the whole office still can't fill those shoes we lost. But um, they were all welcoming and so supportive and supported me for the next, you know, the next chapter of my life. So I appreciate
2: that. Can I tell a story real quick? Sure. So... All right, the first time that I met Addy, I'm going to embarrass you. I'm sorry. That's
0: okay. <laughs> uh,
2: we were talking about multitasking and doing radio work and everything, right? I'm calling a game at Central Lafouche. I don't remember the year. Um, but, like, I don't know if anybody has ever been in the Central Lafouche gym for a basketball game. There's no phone service at all. Like, you're, you're not going to be able to use your phone. It's gotten a little better, but back in those days it was awful. And we were doing the game via cell phone. It was South Lafouche versus Ellender girls basketball. It was a district playoff game. And I'm trying to hook up the radio equipment, nothing is working, and like I'm stressed out. And then Addie comes up to me, hey, you know, I want to introduce myself. And I'm, I basically gave you the culture like I, not now later i don't have the time and then and lo and behold like later on that ends up becoming my boss and the single best boss that anyone could ever have so thank you so much for not uh thinking that i was a jerk after the first time that we.
0: no met. and it took so much courage i'm like i really need to go introduce myself to this guy i write him a check every once in a while because he would just do <laughs> like freelance riding for us and he just totally blew me off yes,
1: <laughs> yes I that is a true story <laughs> Oh man, that's that's fantastic. I I have so many memories of people trying to come and talk to, when, when you're trying to, especially the basketball games because you're usually right there courtside. Yeah, and people kind of, and like they can see you with a headset on. Like I'm, I'm trying to work here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, i tell you what, uh, it's time for our rapid-fire round. I know Addy is super excited about this. Uh, (laughs) So here's the deal. You can give us a one-word answer or you can expand on the answer. Uh, We just want to hear the first thing that comes to your mind uh, on these questions. So we'll start. On each of these, we'll start with Addy and go to Casey. So the first one is, what's your go-to order at a down the bayou restaurant?
0: Oh, that's easy. Hamburger steak at the Double D. And I'm so disappointed that Waiter isn't around no more. And I live in La Rose, and it was just the best thing when the hamburger steak could get delivered to my house. I need Waiter to come back.
1: <laughs> that was uh, that was my parents' favorite. Maybe it's a Delta form thing. Yeah, maybe know. so. <laughs> that was my That's parents' like favorite. That's my favorite.
2: <laughs> Mimo's fried chicken salad. Mimo's my nanny. Love you, nanny, if you're listening. Mimo's fried chicken salad, the best.
1: Oh, wow. I'm have to try that one. Uh, what is your favorite Cajun word or phrase and its meaning?
0: Ooh. That's a hard one. I'll let Casey go.
2: <laughs> <All> bruh.
0: <laughs> I think maybe pomade, because like we always say that word. And for a while, my we were, when my daughters were younger, they wanted to, um, they got a dog, and they wanted it to be a French word. And because we'd always say pomade, <laughs> um, Boo wanted to name the dog pomade, but the dog ended up getting named Booey, So. But yeah, that's,
1: yeah. Another good Cajun mm-hmm. word. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, favorite snowball flavor?
0: Uh, strawberry with condensed milk from Missy Lane's.
2: Coconut because you know, I'm a messy eater, got the beard, you know, can't be having any stains in the beard, you know.
1: Well, first of all, we've had numerous people this season uh, give a shout out to Missy Lanes and everybody's favorite seems to be coconut. really That's I thought about, I would have been the outlier there no okay. man That's like I, my I feel like favorite. every show somebody comes up with wow. coconut mm-hmm. uh, our coconut with condensed milk uh, has been another one uh, so next hurricane staying or evacuating staying on the houseboat that that fortress of iron mm-hmm. on Bayou Lafouche. <laughs> I will not be staying on the houseboat <laughs> This was an easy one for both <laughs> people yes. <laughs> Oh right, yeah, this is the hot topic right now on social media, uh, especially between a couple of uh, local celebrities. Jambalaya or pastalaya? Jambalaya.
0: I've never been a fan of pastalaya.
2: Wow. See, I'll take either one, but a jambalaya. Yeah, jambalaya is the better of the two.
1: All right. Well, uh, thank you, Addy, Casey. Thank y'all so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, and, and thanks for sharing the, the history and, and current status and what's to come on the Lafouche Gazette. Thank y'all so much. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. That'll do it for this episode of the DTB Podcast. Thanks to our producer, Ross Jambon, our executive producers, Jure Gyro, and Hillary Crum, and the rest of the Bless Your Heart Nonprofit board members, Luke Newman and Chris Brantley. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the DTB Podcast on Facebook, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get more content by following us on Twitter and TikTok at the DTB Podcast. I'm Brennan Mathern. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.